from Hamster Wheel Publishing. This is Freewheeling. The show that answers your questions about veterinary business and leadership. With me, Dr. Dave Nichol. Sarah, um, mm-hmm. you very bravely volunteered yourself to jump in, uh, or, or agreed. I offered a wee coaching <laughs> session because on the Silver Vet and I Walk page, um, we'd posted, you know, uh, just a welcome message uh, and then asked, you know, why did you join? Who are you? Where are you? Okay, and so you posted into the group uh, that you're two years out at small animal private practice. You're considering, or you are considering, maybe you can uh, tell us a little more about that, leaving the profession due to stress and burnout. Um, But you've done a hospital change instead, which seems very smart. Um, You're heading into your third week in your new job, and you had a bit of a heavy day with five euthanasias, um, which is probably a lot of people who aren't working in end-of-life care is personal best as well. You want to find the secret to work-life balance from being a vet. And then um, another of the members of the community said, you know, agrees with that and says, how do vets do this for 20 plus years? So I was super keen and I'm grateful for you coming on this call because I feel like that's what we aim to help with through this group, through the VetEx group and through the, the, you know, the live coaching and and things that we're doing. So I'm going to just ask you a few questions and we're going to take a little time here and see if we can't work through and, and, um, look at solutions for you so so just in a nutshell um as succinctly as you can give us the background like why did you wind up in a situation of burnout and thinking you know this isn't for me um i think a, a big part of it was the initial hospital that i was at um that i joined uh, right after graduation yeah. um it was uh poorly managed very disorganized um very toxic um, and I didn't get the mentorship that I was hoping for. Okay. Um, so it was uh, trial by fire um, mm-hmm. and a lot of just getting right in there and kind of making the best of it and not having a lot of feedback, not having a lot of help. Um, we didn't have any licensed techs at that hospital. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it was. What was your workload like? Give us a sense of the work for you. Um, you mean like how many patients in a day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ops would you be um, doing? Give us a sense of your day. Yeah, so it was half-hour appointments, which is nice. Um, but, gosh, I would work from 8 to 6. Okay. Um, and so a lot of the outpatient stuff I would have to do myself, drawing blood, getting doing the uh, treatments, giving the fluids, because wait, we didn't have wait, the support. So when you say do yourself, you mean... Yeah you would have to physically be restraining the animal and drawing the bloods. Well, one or the other, but yes, yep, doing all of the... Okay, so so it wouldn't be you just ask the text to do that. You would do that stuff yourself. Okay. Right. All right. Plus the, you know, writing up the records, doing the callbacks, dealing with the clients, trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing as a new vet (laughs) without the, the help. Okay. And how prepared did you, you know, cause so I'm, and just before we go in deeper in this, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, isn't, this is not the purpose of the call, but um, did vet school prepare you for any of this? Was any of this a surprise? Some of that sounds okay. You know, like, so, I mean, not having a mentor does not sound okay. Toxic mm-hmm. environment does not sound okay. No feedback support. That all sounds like that blows chunks. Um, Eight to six uh, every day? Was that five days a week, six days a week? What was that? Um, that was, well, my, 
How many hours a week? Maybe that's. Um, I'd say probably four, four days a week. Okay. All right. So you're on, so that's like a 10 hour day, four days a week. And do you have the day off or? So my schedule was also rotating. So it would be five days on, two days off, one day on, six days off. It was uh, very random. Okay. And how much notice did you get of those changes? Um, a month, a month's okay. notice. So you could do a bit of planning around them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, your 30 minute appointments sound good. I know a lot of young doctors complain about having, uh, and probably not so much in the US actually, but a lot of doctors get 10, 15 minute appointments. Mm. I don't understand how. <laughs> um, I, I did when I graduated, but it was, it was horrible and my patient care was not good. Um, but I also, you know, and, and, and for all my career, I had to write up records. You know, I, I drew bloods lots, but not always. And mm-hmm. you know, using your text to do that is certainly a smart thing to do. Um, so what, was, what made you feel, what, what drove you to burnout? What were the biggest sources, the stressors for you? Um, I think the, probably the biggest one is actually the clients. Um, it seems like no matter what you did, you couldn't, do it right you couldn't do it the way they wanted for as cheap as they wanted as quick as they wanted um and when you're trying your best for the animal and you're not getting the outcome that you need or you want it's very discouraging and what what was the so the client was was the client the reason for not getting the outcome that you wanted for a lot of the occasions um i i think uh a majority of them um, mixed with my own feeling of inadequacy and, and not uh, not knowing what I'm doing, I guess. Okay. Or maybe not, maybe not being a strong enough advocate for the, the animal and, and conveying appropriately maybe what, what uh, the client should be on board with. Okay. Uh, All right. Um, now, if this, this was happening every day, so what, what stories did you start to tell yourself? Like what was your narrative in your head at this point in time? Uh, that, you know, this is way too hard. This is not worth it. I don't like doing this. Um, you know, and the, with being, seeming like it took up so much of my life. Um, like, great, you know, this is, this is all I do is go to this building and dread doing this. Um, you know, I, I just want to get out. I just want to go work at McDonald's. <laughs> okay. All right. Which actually, if you get a franchise, might be a far smarter way to make money. <laughs> You're not doing the world any good, I suspect. Um, yeah, you'll pay off your loans a bit faster, maybe. Uh, not the flipping burgers part of it. So that's interesting. So you got to the point of actual dread of, of going into work. So that was, tell me what else was going on there. So it was, was it the dread of the next conversation with the client? Was it the dread of medicine? Give me, a, give me more, more depth around that. I, I think it was both. And I think at that particular hospital, it was also the dread of going in and dealing with the huge mess of the disorganization and knowing that how many mistakes were going to come my way and that those mistakes at the end of the day reflected on me as the vet because that's what the client sees. Okay. So out of my control kind of things. Got it. Okay. So, so you weren't just in a state of stress. You, you were getting into a point and, and where you move from stress to suffering is where you feel like you're no longer in control, right? You're not empowered to be able to change your, your outcomes. Right. And since so much of this other system seemed broken, 
there was a lot of stuff going on that you weren't in control of the outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and this is ultimately, uh, you know, this is going to start impacting on your sen- your self-esteem. Right. Hence right. the fact you can do a veterinary degree and still think McDonald's is a good option, right? <laughs> and, and that's not criticism, by the way. Like, that's a, that's a genuine feeling that you, you would have. And right. I'm sure all of us go there at some time. I remember clearly, so I've been a vet for 20 years and a few days. Um, <laughs> I've been in general practice, uh, you know, m- almost all of my career, you know, I've been clinically active for the first 18. I sort of retired from clinical medicine two years ago to, to move more into, now I've been, a, I've been a practice owner, manager, or lead vet or chief veterinary officer for the last decade. So s- some form of leadership. And I've coached, mentored a lot of young, young doctors through things like this. Um, and, and I can say that we all suffer these sort of thoughts at some point or the other. Or we, let's, let's change the wording. We all experience these thoughts at some point or other. Mm-hmm. The difference between whether you suffer is the way that you then process. It's the mental judo that you apply to these thoughts. So, so what's happening is you're getting yourself, and the, the state you're getting into is dread. Now, of course, you're not going to have fun if, if you're going into any situation dreading. So the question isn't how do you change the practice? The question is how do you change your state, mm-hmm. change the practice? Now, you may not, as a new graduate, have a lot of control over the practice. You know, you may bring the A game and it may just be such a toxic dump that you can't do a whole lot about that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a little coaching question with you just now and, and you already answered one of the questions because you made a move already like you're at the point of just thinking enough this is horrible right. um, what what needs to happen so there's a point where you think okay I have a problem and that's great that's recognizing the, the issue but it's not the answer the answer is you know a lot of people just stick, get stuck focused on the problems and that's when they get burned out burnout is a symptom of ongoing mental and physical emotional exhaustion that's the point you reach with mental physical and emotional exhaustion where you have just spun your wheels in each of those three areas constantly to the point where you just can't do it anymore mm-hmm. and you either go completely numb and you just trundle <laughs> through your day like a zombie yeah ringing bells yes <laughs> right or or and some people go worse than that and they get so numb they think that i could just make the lights go out completely and that would be just mm-hmm. fine Right? right, that's how numb some people get with this thing. So it's a big, big deal. Um, it's but but the heart and core of this burnout is the inability to move from the problem to the solution. Mm-hmm. And this and, and the simple and the easiest way to connect from one to the other is rather than the you know the emotion, the sense, the feeling of dread is is to just to cultivate the feeling and sense of curiosity. Okay. Okay. Um, and just get curious. So that so, I'm going to give you the scene. I'm going to set the scene for you. This is and this is something I want I want you to practice when you're feeling like you're going something challenging. You're feeling emotionally. Maybe you're feeling fear or anxiety or frustration or anger or something like that. Just catch yourself in that emotional state, and then just remember this conversation where Dave said, "Okay, I need to be in the director's box, not on the stage." Mm-hmm. Okay, because when you're the actor in your own play you're performing somebody else's lines mm-hmm. yeah, and you're at the behest of your emotional state. Now we don't mind that when we're happy and giddy and everything's great, right? Although we should be mindful of that as well. <laughs> but when we're sad, or we're angry. We do mind that. But if we're not able to recognize it and control that emotional state, that's when we can end up 
going down with bad storytelling, labeling, bad storytelling, and bad outcomes. So be the, be an, imagine yourself, visualize yourself now in the director's box looking down on the play of your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're in charge. This is, a, this is a subtle shift, but it's an important one. You're in charge, so recognize the emotional state. And then the way that you flick out of it is to get curious and go, huh, I'm actually really pissed off or I'm really grumpy or I'm, I, I sense anxiety. I've got the shakes, like something's going on there. Hmm. Okay, that's big. don't label it as good or bad. Mm-hmm. That's important. We're super good at labeling. Like we're vets. Mm-hmm. We're taught to diagnose. And problem <laughs> Got to label everything, but we don't. Right. Don't label it. It just is. It's just your emotional, physiological reaction to something that's going on. Nothing more. Okay. But recognize that it's there. Then you ask yourself, is this emotional state serving me? Um, and a lot of the time our, our caveman and women reactions, you know, that lit up amygdala that's going completely crazy and, and all that adrenaline and cortisol is great if we have to run away really fast or get in a fight or call upon superhuman strength. But most of the time, we don't need to do that in our day-to-day life, right? So instead, look for curiosity, which is just simply by asking yourself questions. Okay, what's going on here? Why do I feel like this? And the way you move from the state of suffering to the state of control is a very empowering question. And, and, and it simply as that is, okay, so what do I need to do to change my situation? And then your brain can get to problem solving again. Mm-hmm. Not firefighting. Okay. And so, and this is, and now I'm going to link this to a little process I also go through with people, which is goal setting and objective setting. Because you know what? You studied your butt off to get to vet school. You probably had a plan. You probably executed it great because it's pretty hard to get to vet school. Um, and it's not really hard to make it through it, though we tell ourselves stories that it is. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm evidence that it's not. I'll tell you that. From um, you just have to study, pass the exams, and although people give you a hard time, they're not trying to fail you. They're trying right. to pass you. Um, so it isn't that hard. And then we get out there, and our objective goes as far as, I just want to get a job, and I don't want to get sued. <laughs> right yeah right but that's <laughs> as far as our objectives often get so we then we now we go into the practice without a plan mm-hmm. so we don't have direction now we're drifting and now we're cast around in this tumble dryer mm-hmm. this washing machine of emotions and cases and clients and all this all this stuff starts coming at us that they just didn't prepare you for a damn day in vet school mm-hmm. and they didn't teach you how to speak with and engage with clients did they right so so you catch yourself in the emotional state. You recognize that's all it is. Don't story tell and you go, hmm, okay. So is this, let's categorize this. Is this a big problem, a little problem, or is this not a problem at all and I'm just reacting? Is my reaction to the problem here? So if it's a problem that keeps recurring again and again and again, like why are all clients such buttholes and are causing such anxiety, that's kind of a big problem because your story is going to quite quickly get to the point of all clients are morons and and I don't want to see them. It just causes me stress. You feel like that. Guess what? Your behavior is going to change because your amygdala is going to be set up. You're not going to be at your best. You're not going to want to engage. You're not going to be friendly. And guess what? When you're not friendly to people, they're not friendly back. Mm -hmm. Now we've got this vicious repeating cycle. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you how you get to have a stable, happy career in veterinary medicine in general practice anyway. But this can be adapted to everywhere else is you get to love people, clients in particular. Mm-hmm. 
And you don't have to love them. You just have to be good at communicating with them. Mm-hmm. And that's a process. You can learn that just as easy as you can learn how to neuter a bitch. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just a skill gap that's missing. So now you can go, all right, so what else do I need to undertake in order that I am? So my objective is to have an amazing career for 20 years. Mm-hmm. How many young doctors have got that as their objective? So I'm going to come back to, to Chelsea's question. Like, how do people do this for 20 years? Great question. Let's tilt the question. What do I have to do in order that that is true for me for 20 years? That's the good question. Mm-hmm. So the answer to burnout, the answer to your challenges is to ask a better question. Mm-hmm. Most vets get stuck at, this is just a problem, I'm overwhelmed, I'm done. <laughs> right. You move past that. You went, I'm overwhelmed, I'm, I'm, I'm not loving this, I'm almost done, I'm going to make it one more move. And see. Mm-hmm. But if this move blows chunks, you're done, right? Maybe. Maybe. And for a lot of people, that's the case. Like, I can see you kind of emotional about that even being a thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the question, the good question for you to ask yourself is not what I, what I need to change, but what needs to happen that I can love this career for 20 years? Mm-hmm. And you ask yourself that every single year and you make your plan based on it. So I've given you a few tools to work with there. One, start to recognize your emotional state and block the storytelling. Don't label it. Don't tell a story. It's just an emotion. Nothing worse. They keep you alive. They're handy things. <laughs> They're just there to tell us that, that, that we're getting feedback that something in the universe is occurring. That's mm-hmm. all. It's not good or bad. Be the, act, the director, not the actor. And, and do that by asking myself, okay, um, but that's an, that's an emotion. What is it going? What emotion will serve me better? And curiosity comes to the question. And the question is what you need to find. So here's a question for you then, Sarah. If you're ready for it, is mm-hmm. what needs what needs to be happening right now for the next twelve months for you to think this has been an amazing, the best year in veterinary medicine so far, and I love it. Hmm. So what, um, what what's your answer to the question? And get your pen out and you start writing these things down. Because you and I are going to check in on this, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead set serious. Like, Good. <laughs> okay. What's on your list? Um... Gosh, I think, uh, I think a big one for me, especially coming from the, the practice that I was at before, is um, just being appreciated, being uh, respected, um, being thought of as just as good enough a doctor as the other staff that's been there for longer. Um, that's, that's a big one. Um, okay. And who needs to offer those things to you? Um, I, I guess it's, it's staff and clients, you know, it's, it's discouraging when you walk into a room and the client knows you're young and new and you can tell, you know, and they, they don't really listen to what you're saying. Um, but then also the, the staff, you know, like when, when the staff brings in, brings in their animal for an exam or something and they ask everyone but you because you're the new doctor. (laughs) All right. So let me just, so that's great. I love it. So now we've got, now you've articulated clearly what your needs are in order to, some of them, 
Okay, I want you to go deeper in this exercise, okay? Mm -hmm. But your language is the language of the victim, not the language. <laughs> yeah, right. right. And so you're not going to fix that. So how reasonable is it for you to expect those things off the bat? Off the bat, not reasonable. <laughs> so let's go to another question. So we've asked the first question. Let's ask a better question. What's a better question that takes accountability and puts the power back in your hands? So it's not up to other people to, to trust you and to give you respect. Okay. So what's a better question? Anything come to mind? Um, I'll give you a clue. They all start in the word what. And they all know <laughs> you doing stuff. <laughs> oh, what can I do to get the respect and the, the appreciation? Okay. <laughs> what, and not just what, can, yeah. What do you need to do to earn the appreciation, to earn the respect, to be good enough to be seen as being on the same level as the other doctors? Because listen, mm -hmm. you're a young dog, right? Mm -hmm. You may not have the skills to be on the same level as those guys. And that may be a really silly thing to, because you're setting yourself up to fail. If you, you expect to come out and be on the same rung in someone's brain as a 10-year doctor who's been in the practice for five years, right. you're going to fail. You're, you're going to be, because that's not sensible. Mm -hmm. Manage your expectations and say, okay, that dude, I want what that dude's got. Mm -hmm. I'm prepared to put in the work to get it. And the work to get it is, okay. So what's my niche? What, am I, what classes can I take? What courses can I go on? What skills can I acquire that mean a year, two years from now, the team and the staff of this place understand that I have my place in this jigsaw and I'm respected because I put in the work. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you will be happy. Mm -hmm. You will be appreciated. You will be respected. And you will be seen as good enough to be on the same rung as the other doctors. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you don't do that, you'll sink into blame game right. yourself and you will become part of the toxic culture because you'll feel frustrated. You'll feel the world owes you something. You'll feel angry. You'll feel mm -hmm. frustrated. You won't be the best version of yourself that you owe the world. Mm -hmm. The world deserves the best version of you, right? And you, mm -hmm. deserve the, you deserve the way the world reacts to the best version of you as well. The two are completely interlinked. Yeah. So your discipline, remember that you will be the, the, the sum total of the habits that you string together every single day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if your habit is every morning you wake up and go, okay, what was my 12 month goal? Okay. What's my three month goal? What's my week goal? What's my today goal? That takes me a step toward that. You trust me, you will go a very, very long way in a very short space of time and people will notice. Mm -hmm. You'll notice because you're taking full responsibility for, for your growth and development. Mm -hmm. okay? that's, how, that's, that's the conversation you want to be having with a mentor. Mm -hmm. None of this, oh, this case didn't go so good, and what, you know, like, or can I just stand over your shoulder and watch surgery? Sure, that's a part of it. But don't do that without your plan to start with, okay? Mm -hmm. And then every year you just review that. Mm -hmm. See, and I'm, I'm going to leave you with, because I'm, I'm twisting your noodle a bit here and I'm conscious of that. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm going to leave you, because we all have human needs, okay? And you were feeling so crappy. Let me, un, let me unpick the puzzle for you a little. You were feeling crappy because your human needs were not being met. Mm -hmm. All right? And your human needs are to feel, 
to have certainty, to be able to provide for yourself with the you know food, water, clothing, those things, mm-hmm. but also certainty that comes with mastering your skill sets, which no young graduates ever come out with. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now if you work in a situation where you've not got support, you're in a toxic culture, you're not, you know you're learning badly, you know you're not doing things to the level you should, then you're gaining no certainty that you mm-hmm. can do this job and so you feel awful, your esteem takes a beat down. Mm-hmm. Okay? You want to feel significant, that's come across loud and clear. Of course we do, we're doctors, right? That's pretty normal. <laughs> okay? So you, the way you get to feel significant, guess what? Gain certainty. Mm-hmm. being good at what you do being good at communicating with people that's going to bring you rewards in both now the next human need is connection and, and love mm-hmm. uh, well once you earn people's trust and respect you'll get connection and love the next one down is to, to grow to develop to get better so when you start doubling down on mastery you grow so now we're taking four out of six human needs boxes high scores if you double down on mastery and accountability mm-hmm. You will love your career if you do that, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, all it takes is a little mental judo and a bit of sticking it out in a place. But it mm-hmm. does mean you have to find the right place because some places are just horribly toxic. So I've chucked a whole lot of stuff your way. How are you feeling about that? Good. I think it's um, the way you're presenting it is different than anything I've heard before, and I appreciate that. Is it useful? What are, you, what are your action points? What can you take away, and when do we check in on this? <laughs> um, I think that the the flipping it around to what can I do? How can I take responsibility for my own uh, growth? Yeah, uh, is is a big part of this. Yeah, I never, I had never thought about it like that before. That, that that's was- very big. That one step will be huge. If you, if mm-hmm. you manage your emotional state and do those things together, you will succeed. So, mm-hmm. so would you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate your coming on and sharing, sharing the, your, your challenges. I know there are a lot of people feel what you're feeling as well. So you're not alone there. None of us is alone. None of us need to feel alone about this. But I want you to make this call feeling like you're empowered. Mm-hmm. You have the, the, the chance to, to manage your own happiness and your own development. So would you do me a favor and would you check back in with me, even if it's via email or, or in the group in a couple of weeks and tell Absolutely. me what's happened, what's changed, what's developed, and just keep asking yourself a better question. Great, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Bam. No, it was my pleasure. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. We'll post this into the group and the rest of you guys out there, Please share, like, was there something useful in this you could take away or apply to your uh, life in veterinary medicine? Uh, my objective is to try and help vets be happy and, and help you create careers. So um, these are the things that have worked for me and for lots of people I work with. So I hope they can work for you too. All freely offered. Sarah, you've been a rock star. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> my absolute pleasure. You have an awesome, uh, well, what time is it now? It's coming up on eight in the morning for you. <laughs> So there you go. I know you got some motivation. You jumped on a call with me. That's right. Good time of day. (laughs) Good for you. We will interact further, I'm sure, within the So Your Event Now What group. And um, it's a pleasure speaking to you. You too. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to that episode of Freewheeling. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave me a rating or review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Now, if you want to have your question answered, Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. It's 
at Dr. Dave Nicol. That's D-R-D-A-V-E-N-I-C-O-L. I'll see you in the next episode.